Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to episode 393 of Geek Town Radio. I'm your host Dave and back with me this week is... To infinity and beyond! Matt, how are you doing? I'm good, David. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. It's been a few weeks since you've been on. What have you been up to? I've been watching How I Met Your Father. Came Ah, back recently for its second portion of its season. Mm -hmm. And I've seen the first couple of episodes. Got through a few of those at the weekend. Yeah, it's still quite good. It's got past that bit maybe of trying to find its feet, which was some of its earlier problems. The characters were perfectly fine and everything. They just didn't previously seem to have a massive amount of direction. And there's still, you know odd random things that they do and things that happen like that but we're getting a bit more into um storyline of like sophie's dad and what's kind of going on there won't get into spoilers of course there was an interesting person that popped up in the show which was which was quite good so that's happening there still is i mean it's supposed to be a fun silly show at points because it's got that in its dna and there was still like weird well, not weird but like silly things that were happening and those didn't click quite so well and you noticed a bit of like a change in tone where they were sort of having some conversations and some stuff was coming up about Sophie's dad and like everybody's sort of, sort of like dead silent serious and everything but I thought it, it, it's worked quite well I'm starting to like the characters more again like, like we discussed a little bit on um, Breaking Bad this past week about spin-offs and stuff you know spin-offs like this comes out and some people expect oh it should be as good as or better than How I Met Your Mother which isn't always like a feasible thing to do with certain spin-offs but as long as the spin-off is good enough in its in its own right and has its own, you know, I suppose reason for existing and stuff. I mean, obviously, with this is just a change of lead character and stuff. And in terms of it being father instead of mother, so then you switch those parts around. Obviously, change the cast around and stuff. But I've been enjoying it, so I'm going to continue that at some point. Have you been watching that at all? Yeah, I've actually finished that um, second half run. It's enjoyable. And it isn't as good as the original because I don't think the casting's as good and I don't think they gel quite as well as the originals did. Mm -hmm. But it is a perfectly enjoyable half-hour multicam studio sitcom. And we haven't got that many of those. So, you know, I was talking to a friend this week about sort of, you know, they were saying, why have they fallen out of fashion? And I'm like, I don't know, because they're relatively cheap to produce. I think, which is a blessing and a curse, because they are relatively cheap to produce. But equally, I think the audience have got wise to the fact that they are relatively cheap. And it's not seen as sort of quality programming 
so it has a lesser value to it. And it's a very, very, very difficult thing to do well. For every Friends and How I Met Your Mother, historically, there have been like, you know, 30 ones that have failed to go past the first couple of seasons, you know? So I just think it's a very difficult thing to do well. And they do a reasonable job with this. It's just not quite there, but it's funny. And it's it's a nice sort of half hour watch, I would say. So Yeah, I agree with you. It is almost frustrating to the point of like, because you had Big Bang, you've had Seinfeld, you've had How I Met Your Mother, you've had things like Friends, obviously. And it, some of these shows that I'm naming, like wildly culturally successful. I mean, I know Seinfeld finished a while ago. People still reference that and they reference Fraser and everybody loves Raymond. In fact, I saw an article yesterday about everybody loves Raymond. It was just like an opinion piece. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, there are some that don't quite make it over the line. There's some that get a bit further down the line, but then cancelled for other reasons like um, Two Broke Girls, which was a good show. It had its problems. And in the end, I think writing was its problem, but that was still a enjoyable sort of show. But they're also not just cheap to make. They've got a nice, simple goal, which is you're usually dealing with a 20 to 30 something people in a place in America who are trying to figure out their careers and love lives. Mm-hmm. But it's not that part that's the interesting part. It's who, who the characters are, the will they won't they of the group, because people like that kind of stuff. And you just sort of go from there, I suppose. Obviously, uh, things like how much your mother and father have got different goals compared to, let's say, Friends and Big Bang. That's just sort of them living their lives where with these two shows, it's about finding out who the person is and stuff. So, yeah, um, but still good stuff over there. Uh, Foundation obviously kept going. I'm assuming yeah, it's on your list as well. So that's been very, very good. I'm caught up now. It's interesting how the way this show manages to not take itself off the rails with how complicated it could be is quite incredible actually Um, and yeah it is complicated it is weird and there are some you know timey-wimey science stuff that doesn't make 100% sense but you can get the gist of where like when Harry's trying to explain something for example which he'll do many 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 times in the show it'll be like okay you don't understand 100% of what's going on but you get the general gist but then there's also supposed to be mystery to stuff and you know that sort of thing I've been really enjoying it and I agree with you I mean it's, it's one of those things that when it came back for the first episode of the second season I ended up going back and watching a recap because I'm like I I can't quite remember where everything fits together and because it is very complex this second season they've handled the storyline so so well because in less experienced hands it could be a very very difficult thing to follow (laughs) and they've done such a good job I think they released the first two episodes together and by the end of that second episode you know the direction that they're going in for the second season and there are some odd things that happen in that show and it you know it it, but it holds together really really well it's a very high concept but incredibly well written solid proper full-on sci-fi series and apple are doing an amazing job with it it's it's really really good hopefully they get through the, the whole story and apple have generally have been pretty good in renewing things there's a few things that have got canned but generally they're pretty decent about renewing stuff and uh, i i hope they keep this going for a long while yeah Mm-hmm. It's very helpful when you have high production quality shows and HBO do this as well. And you have few of them so that you can promote them better because then you have less things to promote. Yes. And then people watch your stuff because you can probably name offhand maybe 10 shows that are like really popular. Another one's obviously things like Ted Lasso and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it becomes a point with Apple 
and they are becoming sort of the second HBO in that sort of way. Obviously, HBO's got more content, but they've been around a lot, lot longer. Yeah. You have fewer but much more notable shows, and they get recognized more and, and that kind of stuff. So they're doing very, very good with uh, with, with all that. And uh, there, there is still some stuff for me to go and watch on there, and there's things coming up as well. But yeah, usually, I mean, I'm, I'm yet to see a bad show on Apple. I've seen shows that are not as good. I don't expect everything to be on the level of a you know foundation or Ted Lasso or whatever. There's been other shows that have been good on there but um, none of them have been bad so far yeah uh, just wanted to mention The Last of Us as well there's been some stuff going around about that and I also dipped into the game a little bit now I didn't I didn't do a seventh playthrough I was just jumping <laughs> in to do some uh, uh, although I am going to do I am going to do another playthrough at least one more playthrough before the uh, show comes back there's been a little bit of chatter coming up again about Last of Us I know you don't know the character of Abby but what's the Chernobyl guy's name I've forgotten uh, his name for some reason Craig Masden yeah he said because uh, he's the showrunner but then Neil Druckmann the one that's also like as a producer isn't he yes they'd said that they kind of sort of found that abby before the strike started obviously the strike we'll probably get into right, at some okay. point yeah uh, there's all that stuff derailing all, all the shows pretty much mm-hmm. uh, and that they'd found that abby i'm kind of hoping this strike doesn't disrupt this second season too much obviously that's more on kind of like a progression point you know with writing and filming and stuff then Craig also said they might go three to five seasons now my I heard that. thought my thought from the start was three because the first one covered the first game we've already done that and because the second game is roughly double the length so I thought okay if you do that 12 hour roughly story in 10 episodes and then you double that and then you have two seasons whether it's a 2A 2B or three and then two whatever um but then they might stretch things out a little bit more the one thing i'm thinking they might do is because there are quite a few new characters in the second game because it's in different locations and all kinds of things a bit like what they did with the first game like when you had the bill and frank episode like a whole one hour episode focused on two characters yeah there's quite a few characters i could I'm not going to name who they are because people are yeah. in surprise and stuff that you could delve into a bit more. And arguably there's a few in the second game where you thought, oh, they could have had a little bit more time here, mm-hmm. or a little bit more time there. But then obviously the POV is different because whereas in, let's say, the Bill and Frank episode, that wouldn't happen in the game because you're in cutscenes with Joel and Ellie. Yeah. So I wonder if they might do that. But obviously five seasons is an, is an estimate. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you quite stretch it that far. Well, I mean, we'll, it is, the we'll other see. possibility is they, they've had another the game in development and that gets released and then they cover yeah that. <laughs> yeah that's that's the other possibility it's not been confirmed that that's the I do think they're going to make a part three. Well, there's, just, mean, yeah, yeah. there's just been Why there's been too it? much it's been too much conversation about it, and also HBO would probably want it. Naughty Dog, obviously, and Sony would probably want it. I did hear that thing about them possibly going to five seasons, and yeah, I think you're probably right. If they do that, they'll either stretch the second game out over a number of seasons and put in more background episodes and do that sort of stuff. Or the other option will be that, you know, by the time that they get to the end of the third season, they've got a third game out and that's the story that they follow for the next two seasons. I mean, we'll see. Um, Yeah. You know, because you've got to assume that there is like, I mean, I know they've not officially said anything, but of of course they're going to make more of it because why wouldn't you? You know, mm. it's one of the Naughty Dog's biggest franchises. Yeah, yeah. Up there with Uncharted and well, yeah. Crash Bandicoot isn't really Naughty Dog, but those sorts of ones. The most that Neil has ever said is that he's written an outline for the story. Mm-hmm. He has like publicly said okay. that before. So 
yeah, that's that's probably on the way. But I'm very, very curious to see who plays Abby because there was a few actresses' names that have been out there and stuff, and I've been trying to sort of imagine them doing like some of Abby's scenes. Mm-hmm. So that should be that should be a very, very good time. Yeah. Um, so in terms of, I know we haven't had a trailer or any images or anything yet. I think that second season might be my most anticipated season of a show, mm-hmm. probably. So yeah. yeah, we'll see how that goes. In it's still it's still going to be like a couple of years, isn't it? Yeah, because uh, yeah. it only ended a few months ago. So that's what I've been up to. How about yourself? I watched a movie this week. Oh. Um, I watched Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves because it is now out on Sky Cinema. It's on Paramount Plus. You can go and buy it from wherever as well. It's available either for free or for you to buy or rent or however you consume your films. It's described as a fantasy heist comedy, and I. I think that is absolutely fair. The problem with Dungeons and Dragons movies previously have been they've all taken themselves very seriously of being sort of high fantasy, trying to be Lord of the Rings. Dungeons and Dragons, if you've ever played it, is not like that. Because obviously it is a very popular role-playing game where you play with a group of friends and as most sort of teenagers or adults that play this as a group of friends, you have a very silly group of friends who will do very, very silly things in the game. And what they tried to do with the movie, it's written by Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, who are the people that wrote Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm. John Francis Daly as well, if uh, you, to some of you may know him as an actor because he played Sweets on the TV show Bones. But uh, the pair of them have been writing together for quite a while and they are both D&D fans. So it's a movie which is written and they directed it as well. And it's written and directed by fans of the game. Very, very much so. And that sort of comes across in the film. It's people that know the subject matter. It's people that are enjoying playing with the silliness of it. It feels very much like a filmed version of a sort of D&D campaign come to life as though a group of you and your friends are playing it. The storyline has, without giving things away, there is an escape sequence where when you look at it, you're going, yeah, that's totally something a D&D player would try. <laughs> you know, <laughs> how they actually escape. The basic plot of it is you're following this group, which is led by a bard played by Chris Pine. His wife is murdered. He goes off on a heist to try and get this tablet thing, which is supposed to be able to bring his wife back to life. They end up getting caught. And when you first meet them, he's in a prison cell with a barbarian character called Holger, played by Michelle Rodriguez. And they obviously end up getting out of that prison and they discover that their former partner, who is a rogue called Ford Switch William, played by Hugh Grant, is now become Lord of Neverwinter. And they come up with this scheme to uh, go and rob him, is, is essentially the idea. It's got all the things that you would expect in a D&D campaign. You've got sorcerers, you've got druids, you've got magic, you've got halflings in there, you've got a bunch of the well-known D&D creatures. I mean, it's not taxing brain-wise. There's a lot of fight sequences, but it is a lot of fun. And I really rather enjoyed it. I, I think if you want a solid Saturday night popcorn movie to sit down and watch with, you know, a bunch of teenagers or your family or whatever, solid, fun, entertaining 
popcorn film and definitely worth watching, I would say that. So have you caught this yet? No, no, I did see some good uh, positive opinions and stuff about it. So that was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the only stuff I've ever seen of D&D itself is I think on like the Big Bang Theory when they played it a few times. Right, okay. so, so I'm familiar with what it is and everything, mm-hmm. but I've just not delved into it at all. Yeah, and I mean, you don't really need to know Dungeons and Dragons to go and watch the film. It's a fantasy comedy movie. If you've never played or seen anything to do with Dungeons and Dragons, you can enjoy it as just this fantasy comedy movie. If you've played D&D, there are references in there that you will get that work even if you don't know D&D as well. But there are things, there are extra little bits that you'll go, oh, that's the thing. And they said that name. And, you know, there are things like that. So there are little Easter eggs in there and bits that you you will get a little bit more out of it maybe if you do know D&D a bit better. But overall, still incredibly enjoyable. It's a really fun fantasy film. I would highly recommend going and watching it. As I say, it's on um, Sky Cinema and it's on Paramount Plus for free. But you can go and get it from like Amazon and other places as well if you uh, want to go and rent it or buy it or whatever but uh, that's Dungeons and Dragons Honor and Thieves the other thing I watched over on Prime is the Invincible Atom Eve episode have you seen this because I it kind of came out and I'd completely forgotten that it came out and then I was looking through something to watch I was like oh yeah I sort of noticed it had come out but I hadn't I hadn't gone and watched it yet I probably click on Prime the least of all the streaming services there's no particular reason for that it's just at the yeah bottom of I'm, I'm sort of the same unless i'm watching something weekly i don't go on to prime all that much yeah but i was looking through prime and was like oh yeah i forgot that came out so i went and watched it it's essentially based off uh invincible which is due back later this year premiering i think yeah november 3rd it's the uh that is actually due to go back for a full season of Invincible. Invincible Atom Eve is essentially the background to Atom Eve. It's her growing up, how she got her powers, all that sort of stuff. It's Gillian Jacobs back voicing Atom Eve. You see her as a child in this and how she was born through to, you know, her living with her parents and how she sort of first starts to become a superhero and all that sort of stuff. Really solid hour long. If you liked Invincible, you're going to like this. Possibly not got quite as many jokes in as Invincible has, but still thoroughly enjoyable. You know what it is, just the origin story for her, but it's a nice hour long. If you like Invincible, it is up now. Um, It just tied you over a little bit until November when the second season comes back. Also on Prime, I watched the season four of Jack Ryan. Uh, have you got to that yet? Because I don't think no, I have I haven't, it. I haven't started the first episode yet, no. Yeah. Is it finished now? Yes, that is the final season. I mean, they've left it open so potentially they could make more you know they've not done anything like kill him off because you can't really do that because i mean we know the character goes on and does other things as well so mm-hmm. it is open for the possibility that they could potentially make more if they wanted to or i mean there there was a possible spin-off series they were touting at one point which stars michael peña as domingo chavez who is another character who is a central character in the books and he actually i think initially appears in a jack ryan story and then he gets spun off into his own books and they're talking about doing that with the tv series as well whether that actually happens or not we'll have to wait and see but yeah i mean it's got michael peña in it as domingo in this season it's obviously john Krasinski backers of Jack Ryan for the final time as far as we're aware and I mean it's perfectly serviceable as a story this one starts with a a, you see a bunch of people infiltrating a palace 
and somebody gets shot in bed. It's clear that there's some sort of black ops group that have done it, and it's whether that these people are rogue factions of the CIA or not, and whether they are responsible. So that's sort of your starting point for it. It's six episodes, runs through reasonably well. That was only six, okay. Yeah, it's only six this one rather than I think the previous ones have been eight. And yeah, I mean, goes through reasonably well. It's a solid enough story. Don't necessarily connect as well with these as I did with the first few seasons. But, you know, it's it's a perfectly decent, if you like those sort of Jack Ryan stories, it's it's a perfectly decent one. It'd be interesting to see whether the um, spin-off happens or not we don't know yet yeah especially with all the everything else going on well Um, exactly yes this just i know i kind of talked about this before this was like you know when we had covid and it was this thing couldn't get made or this thing couldn't happen because it couldn't get done because covid it's like we're now back in that situation pretty much i mean it's the same thing pretty much Things yeah. can't get filmed or written and that kind of thing. I know the problems contextually are completely different. Yes. But um, it's like a blockage for productions mm-hmm. of things. The problem is completely different, but the results of the yeah, problem yeah. are basically the same. Yeah. <laughs> Other things that I've been watching, Foundation, obviously, Billions, which came back, which has been great, got uh, Damien Lewis back as Axe, and uh, that's been really good so far this season. Only Murders in the Building, which is just wonderfully fun. It's another great season of that. Gaming-wise, I'm kind of treading water in the gaming space at the moment because Starfield launches on the 6th of September, and I kind of don't want to be in the middle of something else when Starfield yeah, launches. Yeah. Uh, Robert said the same thing to me. Yeah, because I'm like, the new Baldur's Gate is out and I've not bought it, partly because it's 50 quid and that's quite a lot of money to spend on a game. And also because I don't want to be in the middle of playing that when Starfield drops. I want to be able to just drop whatever I'm playing and just pick up Starfield. So I've sort of been looking around at other smaller games and things that have been kind of interesting to me, but are not necessarily huge things. So Mad Games Tycoon 2 I've been playing around with, which is a building game where you run a game studio. It's funny, they're all slightly off-brand names, so you have things like a Y-Box <laughs> rather than an Xbox <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, apparently there is a mod you can get for it which actually puts genuine game names and genuine dates and genuine hardware and software and all that sort of stuff actually into the game, which uh, I might have a playthrough with that turned on. But uh, obviously they didn't pay licenses for anything, so that is not how the base game is. There's one called Terra Nil, which I rather like. That's quite a sort of gentle puzzle game, I guess, is probably the way to... It's sort of puzzle building game where you land on a on a planet and you've got to terraform it by moving sort of lakes around and putting things down that spread seeds and sort of that kind of stuff. Really rather enjoyed that. that that's called Terra Nil. And the one that I'm really sort of stuck into at the moment is called Dave the Diver. Mm. And this, if you've not seen it, is brilliant. It's a very sort of casual single player adventure RPG game. It's pixel graphics, you know, side scrolling sort of pixel graphics but it's it's really beautifully done i mean really really decent quality you play the character of dave who is a diver as the title suggests during the day you go out and you are diving to catch fish and other things that have fallen into the ocean and at night you help your friend run a sushi restaurant 
So there's a sort of restaurant mini game thing in there as well. But there is a story that runs through it, which is about things that you find under the sea without giving too much away in that. There is is stuff that you find under the sea which sort of drives this story forward. Really, really, really enjoyable and very sort of casual. You know, it's the type of thing you can pick up, play for half an hour, put down. Very, very beautiful. It was really, really lovely. And uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying playing through that. It's, uh, yeah, like I say, little sort of pixel graphic RPG game, but I would highly, highly recommend that to people. It's, it's really solid. That's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So we kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. A couple of the cancellations as we were talking about earlier on these are, are related to the strike um and this is what we saw with when covid happened as well it's because of long delays things started to get cancelled both of these are reversals so these are things that were given second seasons and they've now been removed and had those second seasons taken off them the first one which i'm kind of annoyed about is the peripheral which was the prime video series starred chloe grace moretz and it's based on the William Gibson novel. It's from Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, you know, the Westworld people who are the producers on it. I thought it was really solid. Apparently its numbers did okay as well, but they have decided that for a variety of reasons, mainly due to the fact that it was going to cost an inordinate amount of money because they needed to hold on to the sound stages because obviously they've got sets up and they have to pay the company to keep the sets up in those sound stages. It was already going to be quite a long wait for the next season anyway. And because of the fact that they're now not filming, it would have missed its 2024 launch and pushed it into 2025, which messes up a whole bunch of scheduling for Prime. They've decided it's just better to let it go. A really, really unfortunate shame that because it was a very solid show this is what i was alluding to earlier with these sorts of things this is sort of the first of them or at least the first i've noticed of them it is the um, first yeah and it just uh, reminds me of when things like teenage bounty hunter and what was the other show I- i'm not okay with this and also what was other word society or something like that on the yes, all netflix society, shows society and, and um yeah all those were were casualties of covid yeah it kind of reminds me of that which we don't want to go back to that kind of stuff because now not only have we got i'll just call them people in suits who are too greedy and have essentially domino effect after domino effect have, have caused this in a way because mm-hmm. it's you you don't want to pay people who 
from what I've continued to read and and see, not paying anywhere near enough as what I thought they were at least should be paid. Mm-hmm. I keep seeing these reports of like these actors saying, "Oh, I got this residual for this," and some of them residuals are zero. Like, yeah, yeah, actually it's, nothing. It's and some like, of them you know, are point not three cents. It's, it will cost them more to have sent the check to them than the actual check was. You yeah, know? So it's, a, it's a big, big problem. Um, and I do keep seeing actors on like Twitter and Instagram posting with their strike signs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, one, one thing after another, and we've ended up here, unfortunately. Just hope this doesn't continue, and you know, because we don't want our favorite shows to get cancelled. No. Um, for 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 whatever reason, but obviously this is this is more of a silly, avoidable reason. If it's something like it's a bad show, and it gets doesn't get numbers because people don't like it, but then there's a few people that do, that's a more normal situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, with something like this that should and could be more avoided, um, mm-hmm. it's just a big shame. Yeah, they've actually cancelled another one as well, which was the baseball drama A League of Their Own. That was also renewed for a second. It was going to be the final season, but that was renewed for a second season because they initially they wanted to cancel it by the sounds of it and then there was sort of a bit of a backlash and they came back and said okay we'll we'll make, we'll make a second and final season of it they've now reversed that decision and gone back on and said no we we are going to cancel it due to the strike and the co-creator of it has called them out on that and said basically said blaming the strike for this is bs and cowardly on behalf of amazon so yeah i mean i think there might be a certain amount to that of like well we didn't really really want to make it anyway so they're using the strikers cover but as an excuse yeah yeah with the peripheral the numbers as i mean as far as we know numbers because we don't know numbers particularly well for any amazon or any streaming shows which is wholly part of the problem but the numbers for the peripheral seem to have been pretty solid i don't know what the numbers were like for a lead of their own but they were kind of half-heartedly making a second season by the sounds of it and they've now decided to can both the second seasons of those having previously ordered them so yeah that's a real shame in terms of renewals though we have got a number of them a couple from the bbc bbc have renewed show trial which is returning for a season two but it's an anthology series so all new cast Addy mactar who you might know from sherwood uh, utopia i think people will probably know him from more than anything else certainly that's where i know him from natalie armin who previously starred in home forgotten and was in the batman um michael soker who yeah, was in the gallows pole chernobyl this is england and being and he was on the lead cast in Being Human. Show Trial was a show which centres around a hotly contested criminal trial that divides the nation. This one is when a high-profile climate activist is left for dead in a violent hit-and-run. He uses his dying moments to identify his killer, a serving policeman. That sounds like it could be quite good. I never watched the first season of this, and it was on my list, and I just didn't pick it up. And it might be, whilst there aren't that many things that I'm following on a weekly basis right now, so it might be one that I go and actually check out the first season of this now they've picked it up for a second one that's show trial so that's coming back for a second season bbc have also ordered two more seasons of waterloo road that's in addition to the 13th season which is upcoming which they've already actually filmed so uh three Mm. more seasons of waterloo road incoming which uh then pretty sure they're going to keep that around for a while yet because it was off air and then it came back during the pandemic i think and then it Mm. and, and that sort of revitalized it and uh yeah it's now one of the highest things on iPlayer apparently so yes they've renewed it for two more seasons I did used to watch the old version actually when was that 10 years ago or so ran from t- uh, 2006 to 2015 that sounds about right yeah yeah 
and yeah. then uh, return with brand new episodes at the start of 2023. Yeah, I remember really, really enjoying that quite a lot. Is it? I can't really remember what happened to some of those characters. Is it the same cast, or is it new? Is it, is it a reboot, or some of the same cast? Uh, it's it's not a reboot. It is a continuation. So it's some of the same cast come back. Angela Griffin, I think, is still in there. Some of the other cast are are still in there. Uh, obviously, it's a whole new bunch of kids because years moving people forward. get older. Yeah, and mm. I think. I think some of the job roles have changed. Like I think Angela Griffin in the original series was a teacher and I think she's now the headmaster, I think is the setup for it now. So mm. they've kept some of the cast around, but their job positions are different just because people get promoted and stuff. So it is a continuation series. So I think if you like the original show, there's no reason why you shouldn't like that one. Mm. Um, yeah. Now it's back. So yeah, there's there's a couple of seasons up already of the new version on uh, iPlayer and then there's another season 13 coming and they've got two more seasons after that as well. Also, BBC has renewed a series called Granite Harbour, which is returning for a second season. That's, I think, a BBC Scotland show. So BBC renewing a lot at the moment, which is probably sensible given that you can still make shows in the UK and you can't make shows in America right now. And uh, the only other bit that we've got in terms of renewals is Warrior Num, which we mentioned a while back. The EP of the Netflix series had announced that it was going to return into some form he has now announced that it's going to come back as three feature films that's how they're doing it so two seasons on netflix and then there will be three feature films that are are going to have the same cast and he's going to round out that story that's what they're doing apparently we don't know where those films are actually going to land because it won't be on netflix it will be somewhere i was gonna else. say am i gonna be watching worrying on on the big screen or is it gonna be somewhere else i don't know i mean they're saying <laughs> feature films i i rather suspect that they'll be streaming releases somewhere yeah yeah they aren't gonna be netflix i don't think by the sounds of it so yes yeah, so that's good news yeah that's very very good i remember i went to watch the second season and it got cancelled so i so i didn't so i guess we'll go back and uh, yeah. watch watch that yeah there was a very very big and I was with the fans of like the big outcry mm-hmm. um, and that was at a point Netflix has kind of calmed down on it a little bit I mean they've had to otherwise they'll literally run out of shows where they just kept cancelling stuff over and over and over yeah. again and they did have to stop doing that because you have only although they've got loads and loads and loads of shows over there not all of them are the ones that people watch and actually recognise mm-hmm. so you could only do that so many times because I, I remember when that was happening I thought Netflix has got to stop this eventually because you do need some shows Yeah, that it was like 18 1999 and it was a bunch of other stuff as well and like Mindhunter that they didn't want to bring back and it was like what's Netflix doing and now they've they've calmed down on that a bit now so I think I hope that somebody over there has realised they got a reputation for cancelling shows and that is negatively affecting them we'll see whether it, it happens again but yes it seems to have calmed down a little bit over there mm. in terms of pickups and other news we've now got an air date for the uh, Scott Pilgrim anime series which brings back all the cast from the live action movie doing their voices uh, it's now called Scott Pilgrim Takes Off and that's going to premiere on Friday the 7th 17th of November on Netflix. Would you be surprised if I said I hadn't seen that film? No, because I think I've only seen it once very, very long time ago. So, no, I, I wouldn't be overly shocked. Hmm, okay. So, I've been recommended it a bunch of times. Yeah, and it does no, seem like a thing yeah, I would like. So. I, I should go back and watch it again because, I mean, I have seen it once, I think. But people get very obsessed over that movie and I <laughs> thought it was fine. But I just, yeah, no, yeah. I, I don't know. I, maybe I wasn't in the headspace for it when I watched it. I, I don't know. Yes. So Scott Pilgrim takes off anime series that's coming on the 17th of November. 
on Netflix. Paramount Plus have announced a new show as well called Fellow Travellers. This is a limited series. It's starting on the 28th of October. Not sort of genre thing, but I thought it sounded kind of interesting because it's a limited series. It's a love story and political thriller from Ron Swanner, who is the writer of uh, the movie Philadelphia, the Tom Hanks movie, and he also wrote on Homeland and Ray Donovan as well. So very, very good writer. Stars Matt Bomer, who you'll know from things like Boys in the Band and Doom Patrol as well, where he's, I mean, you can't see him in Doom Patrol for most of it because he's under bandages. And Jonathan Bailey, who was on Bridgerton. And it's based on a novel by Thomas Mallon. The series chronicles the clandestine romance of two very different men who meet in McCarthy-era Washington. Burma plays the charismatic Hawkins Fuller, who maintains a financially rewarding behind-the-scenes career in politics. Hawking avoids emotional entanglement until he meets Tim Lucklin, a young man brimming with idealism and religious faith. They begin a romance just as Joseph McCarthy and Roy Cohen declare war on subversives and sexual deviance initiating one of the darkest periods of 20th century American history. It does sound like it could be quite an interesting drama. It's from the writer of Philadelphia. So, I mean, this is very much in his wheelhouse. And also wrote Homeland and Ray Donovan, who are, which are both great shows. Have you ever seen Philadelphia, the film? No, I don't think so. Put that on your watch list. You really need to go and watch that movie. Okay. <laughs> um, right. Tom Hanks film. So you know it's going to be good. But it is... Heartbreaking, yeah. but brilliant, uh, that movie. So yeah, so solid writer behind it. Great two leads. It's called Fellow Travellers. It's coming on the 28th of October. That is landing on Paramount+. Plus. That's a streaming thing I haven't been on for a while either. Well, I, I jump uh, on and off that. Uh, I will yeah, be going that's, that's back onto it one. this week because it's one of those things that there, there are some shows coming up I want to watch on there. So mm. Strike update. Bringing you news of the strike within the bits and pieces have dropped out. In terms of the actual strike itself there has been a little bit of movement in terms of the writers and the hollywood studios they are in ongoing talks they're meeting again this week rumors have it there were some breakthroughs regarding preservation of the writers room through minimum staffing and guaranteed days of employment one of the the things that the writers were asking for was there was this issue in that they were putting a bunch of people in a room to get the pilot and then once they got the pilot order, they were getting rid of everybody apart from one or two writers, and those writers are being worked to death to get the script out the door. So what they were basically asking for is a minimum of six writers, including four writer-producers, before the show is greenlit, which means that the writers actually have some skin in the game because four writer-producers means that they are, are actually involved in the production side and actually have some control over it. Post a show getting picked up, the guarantee one writer per episode for a season that is up to six episodes, then one additional writer required for each two episodes after six. So eight episodes would require seven writers, including four writer-producers. Ten episodes would require eight writers, including five writer-producers. And there apparently has been some agreement over that. So that was one of their key sticking points for the writers. But the other things in terms of residuals and stuff, that's going to be more problematic. And we don't know. Where. Yeah, I'd imagine a bit more complicated as well, because well, it depends on numbers and all sorts of stuff, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, as we've said a number of times before, the problem with the numbers is the fact that the writers and the actors want numbers that are based on the popularity of the show. 
the streaming services in particular don't want numbers that are based on popularity of the show. They want to be able to do what they've always done, which is basically pay them based on what their initial fee was, plus the amount of people subscribed to the streaming service, except they're not transparent about how many people are subscribed to the streaming service. And the problem with moving on to the other system of basing it on how popular the show is means that they need to release numbers of how popular shows are which as we know they're notoriously reluctant to do so and if they're self-reporting stuff how can you trust them so they're asking for an outside company to Mm. basically an independent company to be able to like nielsen or, or somebody that sort of thing to be the people that provide the numbers that they base this off. Otherwise, you might end up like Man City. <laughs> yes. <laughs> lying about your income. Lying about your income. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Lying about you know, cooking books, making up numbers and yeah, that yes. kind of thing. There you go. So that's still going to be the sticking point. But they are talking at least. I mean, because for most of the last sort of few months, they've not even been in a room together. And last week they did actually get back into a room together. That is only the writers, of course, and not the actors. But at least if they've paved a way forward with the writers, there is a chance that that will help pave a way forward for the actors. And it's more important they get the writers back in a room first and sort that out because they need scripts to work with before they get the actors back. So that's not Yeah, because you can't film something without a script, a script. unless yes. it's an improv show, which exactly. a lot of these aren't. Because you write it, then give the script to the actors, and then you film it. Yes. It's, it's good to hear the needles move at least a little bit on certain parts, because this has been going on a bit of time now, hasn't it? All yeah, I mean, strike. the writer's strike is about 115 days or something it's at, I think, at wow. the moment. So, yeah. Because it was that, and then the actor strike, wasn't it? Yes, it was the actor strike yeah. was a few months after that, but yeah. Mm. In terms of some of the individual shows which are still outstanding rookie feds being one of them which i think is one which is on air which uh, people have been wondering about there is also um home economics and the good lawyer the good lawyer was the pilot from spin-off from the good doctor we don't know whether they've been picked up again or not uh, i think they're all abc shows i think all of those the strike rules say that any cast hold period is extended for the duration of the work stoppages so basically whilst a show is waiting to hear whether they're renewed or not the cast are put on a hold which gives them income to basically not work and go somewhere else and wander off and audition for something else because then you can't get them back if it get picked up for another season so they have hold rules because they're on strike that whole period is then extended for the duration of the strike. So if the strike goes on three months, that whole period is added on to the end of the strike, if that makes sense. Of those three shows, The Good Lawyer, uh, Sony Pictures, once the strike ends, had a month left on their hold. So it basically means that when the strike ends, ABC will have months to decide whether they're going to turn that pilot into a TV show. Home economics, the cast options were extended for 60 days because they were actually up in June. So the strike started two weeks after that means the actors will be under option for another month and a half. So when the strike ends, they've got another month and a half to decide whether they're going to pick that up again. Rookie Feds was on a slightly different schedule. So the options for the cast are not up until the end of October. Once you subtract the strike time out of that hold, it means it can be as late as December before they decide whether they're going to pick that show up again. It basically means that they can go back. There is a possibility that these shows can come back when the strike is up 
but it's also possible that the network can get to a point where they go, you know, it's too expensive. If it's been made by an outside studio like Sony, they might go, actually, we don't want to leave the sets up in the soundstage. It's costing us a fortune to pay to have them sat on a soundstage. So we're just going to not make any more of it. Um, mm. It may be that ABC decide, actually, we don't think we need this. We're not going to pick it up anyway. So they may get cancelled before then. They may come back. We don't know at the moment, but there is, you know, they're all still in limbo, those shows, basically. One thing that does keep coming up and something you've mentioned a few times there and in the past for other shows that got cancelled for different in different situations is like sets and paying for them and keeping them up and, and that kind of stuff. Because I remember with... Uh, what was it, The Expanse, when that got cancelled on Sci-Fi, then moved to Amazon. Wasn't it that like Jeff Bezos really liked the show or something and he literally bought it for his own because he's... Yeah, I think uh, that was yeah. the story. Which yeah. is quite a cool thing to do, actually. Yeah. I was like, hey, I really like this show. I'm going to go and buy it so yeah. I can put it on my thing. Is that once a show gets cancelled for whatever reason, is about keeping... Because that's like filming space, isn't it? And, and like stu- Or shoot studio space and stuff. Because I remember even going back to... Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was with Batwoman and with Legends of Tomorrow. They both had issues that were similar to that. Well, which I mean, was they... the, the well-known one from DC was Swamp Thing. The reason Swamp yeah, Thing got, yeah. didn't get picked up for a second season was because that beautiful swamp set, which looked great on camera, oh, yeah. was costing them millions to have that left up. Because obviously, you know, it's a thing that's full of water and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it was costing them a fortune to have that left in a soundstage. And the reason that it got cancelled as quickly as it did, one of the reasons was it was just costing them oodles of money to have that left in a soundstage because they couldn't take it down in between shooting seasons and rather than just renew it and say okay put everybody back you know i don't know whether the scripts weren't written or for a second season or whatever but they basically said look it's going to cost us an absolute fortune to leave that set up so we're just going to cancel the show I mean, that was actually one of the driving factors of it. Yeah, that was after the f- it was like the first episode came out. And yeah, then and then they went, the it's cancelled. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's an issue that keeps sort of cropping up as well. It's things like sets and paying yeah. for that kind of stuff. So if you're wondering about sort of when this might get resolved, the deadline that they've sort of got, unofficial deadline, but the deadline they've kind of got is Labor Day, which for, for the British people among you is September 4th. That is basically a deadline for the strike to end in order for the broadcast networks to be able to get at least 13 episode seasons of things like, you know, their procedural shows out. So if you want to get your sort of Chicago's Law and Orders and that sort of stuff done, the strike has to end by Labor Day, September 4th. If it's still going on after that, you are basically not going to get episodes coming back of those shows. If they can mm-hmm. end the right to strike by that date, there is a possibility that you might get half seasons. So you might get 13 episodes out. You won't get them coming back this year. You will get them coming back in February. So not what the Americans call the fall season, but when shows like that usually go on their Christmas break, they usually come back January, February. There is a chance that that you could get them sort of back in February and have half seasons of those. 
I mean, whether that happens or not, very much depends on how the negotiation goes. So we'll see. Mm, yeah. A couple of other little bits of news popped up as well. Apple dropped some first look photos of a show called Monarch Legacy of Monsters, which is a series based on uh, Legendary's Monsterverse, which is the Godzilla and Titans movies. So it's based in that same world. It's a TV series that is, is based in that world of, the, of those sort of monsters. The TV series follows two siblings following in their father's footsteps to uncover their family's connection to the secreted organization known as Monarch. Clues lead them to a world of monsters, ultimately down the rabbit hole to Army Officer Lee Shaw, played by Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell, taking place in the 1950s and half a century later where Monarch is threatened by what Shaw knows. So it's a dramatic saga spanning three generations reveal buried secrets in the way epic earth-shattering events can reverberate through our lives. So that's rather a cute idea, is you've got Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell, who I'm guessing is his son, actually playing the young and old version of that character, which is kind of cool. The series is co-developed by Chris Black, who worked on Severance and Star Trek Enterprise and Outcast, and Matt Fraction, who worked on Hawkeye, uh, Max Shankman, who worked on WandaVision, directs the first two episodes. I mean, good people involved in it. Yeah, I've some good not series there. Yeah. hugely been into the sort of Godzilla, Godzilla versus Kong films, but it is part of that whole monsterverse thing. So I, I maybe should go and watch some of those movies because I've just I, I've never really leapt at them. But we'll see. Mm. The only King Kong thing I saw was the Jack Black film. Yes, I um, saw that one. Was that good? I can't remember if that, that was really? good. Or not. Yeah. I think it was a PS2 game as well. So it was yeah. in that sort of day and age. I've heard endlessly good things about this little saga of like Godzilla versus King Kong and that. Yeah. So it might be one worth checking out if this connects to that in an interesting way. That might be good. I know they're doing another film as well because they're really quite successful. Yes. But they, they've sort of been like quietly successful. Like it's got a small, yeah. a small crowd, but that crowd really seems to love it. I just, I think maybe Transformers has ruined me in a certain way because. <laughs> when it comes when I it comes know. to really when it comes to big things beating each other up like whether it's mechs or big monsters or uh, unless it's like a human survival story or something i just yeah when it comes to big things beating each other up like i remember when the first couple of images for godzilla vs kong came out and i was like looks cool but i and and, and yeah. they're great like iconic characters and everything but i'm not sure if i'm interested in just seeing two big things beat each other up maybe there's probably more to it than that that i'm not aware of but i'll blame transformers for that because it got completely burnt out on when those films were coming out and it just turned into nonsense mm -hmm. but uh, it's a different yeah. thing so maybe i should give it a chance so. I, I have almost exactly the same thought as you and i think that's probably <laughs> the reason yeah so yeah. this is i mean they have been a bunch of very successful movies like you say uh 2014 there was godzilla there was kong skull island in 2017 2019 was godzilla king of the monsters 2021 Godzilla versus Kong and uh, yeah the whole thing is accumulated close to two billion dollars globally and mm. uh, Godzilla times Kong the new empire is the new one apparently not sure when that's coming out but so, so I'm guessing one didn't kill the other in the film then? Uh, well yes that's kind of a given right? I'm assuming <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah two billion at the box office can't be too wrong and it is an interesting bunch of people behind it I mean Chris Black worked on Severance Matt Fraction worked on Hawkeye Matt Shankin worked on WandaVision 
an interesting group of people and you know i like kurt russell i i quite like the idea that they've got kurt and wyatt playing the older and younger version i think that's quite kind of cool so it's kind of interesting that with particularly with severance which is such like an intelligent show that somebody and i know you know talent can do different things but you're going from something like that yeah. which obviously is supposed to have a second season as well hopefully going from that to something like kong uh, i i wonder what that experience is like for a writer and obviously writers can do different things and and, and that kind yeah, of stuff of course, but yeah, but, interesting but yeah i remember when the, the images came out for this and people were really 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 excited for this um yeah. so that's that's great yeah uh so don't know exactly when that's landing but monarch legacy of monsters is coming soon which is you know apple's vague way of saying could be this year could be next year well i don't know so that's a tv series coming to apple over on channel four they've announced there is a brand new comedy thriller coming from lisa mcgee who is the writer and creator of the critically acclaimed multi-award winning dairy girls so uh, um, uh-huh. As you might expect, it is something that is set in Ireland. It's called How to Get to Heaven from Belfast is the series. It's an eight-part comedy series. Follow a group of friends from school. They're now in their late 30s and lead very different lines. One is a successful writer with a compulsion to hit the self-destruct button. One is a sweary, stressed-out mother of three young boys. And the other is a full-time care of an elderly parent who hasn't managed to move out of their teenage bedroom. When the women each received an email informing them of the death of an old classmate they were once very close with, there's clearly some unspoken, unfinished business. The friends decide to attend the wake and discover all may not be quite as it seems they soon find themselves embroiled in a dark twisted mystery it's described as not so much a whodunit as a what the hell happened <laughs> which I rather like mm. I mean Derry Girls was a massive oh, success yeah. And this is a new show. This sounds like it could be quite good fun, but it's called How to Get to Heaven from Belfast is the uh, show name. Just announced for Channel 4, so it's probably going to be next year sometime before that lot Mm. lands. Yeah, like you said, Derry Girls was a massively popular show and a successful show. There's even people from like you know America and stuff that I'd heard say they enjoyed the show. I've had it recommended (laughs) to me a couple of times as well. I've seen some trailers for it. It looks very, very good. I just never quite got to it, although I think it's on Netflix and all four or whatever whatever the four app is called now (laughs) yeah whatever the four app is called now channel four just to confuse people because the channel is also called channel four and the app is called channel four so, right. Yeah. You see the four and you just click on it. Um, I think out of, so out of all of us and co-hosts and stuff, I think Ray saw Dairy Girls, didn't he? Yes, he I said he so. really liked it. But no, just never one that I've, I've got to. But hopefully this will be good in the same way. Yeah, definitely. So uh, don't know when that's landing, but it's called How to Get to Heaven from Belfast. So that's all the news we've got for this week. Just some highlights for next week on TV. <laughs> So, highlights for next week. There's a few interesting things dropping. Invasion Season 2 coming to Apple TV. That lands on the 23rd of August. That's one that I've not got round to watch. I loved that show. That was so, so, so okay. good. Good. Um, I, I will go and watch the first season of that, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think one of the reception problems with that show was, I think people watched it and expected boom, boom, bang, bang, let's shoot the aliens. And it right. was a lot more intelligent than that. Okay. And plus it was spread across like, if you remember, this was a show oh, that was... Oh, consonants it, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they somehow kept it together really well. Um, okay. It's been a while for this show, but it's finally coming back. I've seen the trailers popping around and it looks just as good as before so okay. uh it's been a long time coming for that i will go and pick up the first season of that never mind cool. the buzzcocks is back for 
for season three. That's on Skymax on the 23rd of August at 9pm. I'm I'm so glad that coming back because it's a wonderfully fun panel show that. Star Wars Ahsoka finally lands. That's on the 23rd of August. That is landing. That's all the characters from Rebels that you know and love now in live action. That should be uh, awesome. Mm. I'm very much looking forward to that. Quantum Leap returns for the second half of season one. That's on Paramount+. Plus. I'm kind of looking forward to that as well. I really enjoyed the first half of the first season of that. The Tower 2 Death Message. That's season two of The Tower. That's coming on the 28th of August to ITV at 9pm. That's been renewed for a third season as well. Miracle Workers End Times, which is also season four. That's the uh, anthology series starring Daniel Radcliffe and Steve Buscemi. I loved the first couple of seasons of that. It's been brilliant. Uh, 28th of August at 9pm for that. Starstruck returns for its third season. That's on BBC Three, and it will all be on iPlayer as well. That's on 28th of August. And So Help Me Todd, which is a show about a directionless PI who joins his talented lawyer mother at her firm. That's coming to Alibi on the 29th of August at 9pm. That's a CBS rookie style comedy dramedy thing. You know the sort of stuff. But if you like those sort of shows, which I generally do, that's called So Help Me Todd. And that's Alibi 29th of August at 9pm for that. That's all the shows coming over the next week. If people want to find more of you, where can they find you? If you would like to do so, uh, entertainmenttalk.org and your podcast platforms for TV, games, films, main night podcasts. Uh, it was a busy old weekend for football. Unfortunately, the uh, Lionesses lost, which was a shame, but uh, they're still done incredibly well, which is good. Main night at the back, such as the Premier League, there's still a few things to sort out in the team, but uh, things are going okay. I'm still doing Breaking Bad, still doing Gaming Talk, a few film reviews I've been doing. Uh, saw Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse when was that that was recently absolutely loved that that was just brilliant that was one of the last showings in my local area as well so I'm very glad I saw that on the big screen so there's that I'm currently working on classic reviews that season that'll be the fifth season that'll be out later this year I've got a couple more things to do for that that's what we're doing at the moment. There's been some other, you know, odd episodes of stuff that I've done and, and things like that. So that's me. Yes. Yeah, so go and check Matt out over at entertainmenttalk.org. For other people involved in the show, you can go and find Bex on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites. That's B-Y-T-E-S. She raised about eight, nine hundred quid for uh, charity over the weekend. She, uh, over the last week. So, um, you know, doing lots of charity streams over there. I think she's over at Gamescom, the big massive, German games thing she's going over to that so uh, I'm mm-hmm. not sure whether she'll be streaming while she's over there but uh, yeah That's she's, this week I think yeah yes so she's over there I think this week but keep an eye out on her Twitter feed which or X feed or whatever you're calling it it's days. Twitter it is Twitter <laughs> uh, but uh, yes basically everywhere on social media she is Trista Bytes B-Y-T-E-S so you can go and find her there and Daryl you can find at HollywoodNorthNews.net for all those TV series which you love which are shot in Canada for us you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast.geektown.co.uk and leave a message on the website post find us at geektown or on twitter x whatever uh, you can find us over there or on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown on blue sky at geektown as well you can find us on there and on instagram at geektown uk on tiktok at geektown uk and on threads at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye bye goodbye
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.